are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to our Spotlight slash whatever podcast you like to call it. Thank God it's Friday. I, I, it, that is, again, that's Jeez. the fancy name that doesn't get them ringing for the ice cream in the backyard, as they say. What? Nobody's liking my milkshake for that, Eric. But, yeah, we're here and we have a you're ton. you're doing it wrong. I, I might be. That's why I'm in my backyard just standing there with a milkshake by myself in a thong. But we end up where we I'm have a ton, right. a ton of books. I'm doing it real right, Eric. Uh, we have a ton of books this week. So with that. We're probably going to have a bunch here, at least two, but we'll see how it goes. Right, Eric? There I am in the backyard. And we're going to have some things going on, but that doesn't mean we're not going to have the regular show on Sunday. Sunday night, we have our regular show. But before we go on with these books, let me remind you to go over to Twitter at Weird Science DC. Follow us. We will follow you back. Also, go over to our website. It's called WeirdScienceDCComics.com. Also, go to Instagram possibly now? our Instagram, Eric, at Weird Science Comics. Just like one of the kids. Comics, singular. It drives me nuts, but I couldn't add that S. It was too many characters. Why there. are you at next, Weird then? Science Comics, because I'm not from the 90s. What, what do you think I am? Extreme, We're all from the 90s. What are you talking extreme, about? But uh, you could go over and do that. All these will be in the show notes as well, but also go to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Weird Science, where... You can get a ton of shows, including our Spotlight show, where this week we ended up talking about the finale, the surprise finale of Wonder Girl, I believe, issue oh, number yeah. seven, right? We hardly and knew then the Super Sons kind of coming on back, the Superman and Robin special number one, the Peter J. Tomasi deal with, you know, a aged up John. Hanging out with his young buddy, you know, doing some things. They're like three years apart. Seems a little sus to me. They would nowadays, both be in high school right? together. Well, even uh, though, well, actually, John's off to college now. So it's weird. Uh, no, no, because Damien, I think, could probably be passing college right now. I, I just I want to know that how John passed high school, though, spending all those years There's in a no volcano. He did. He, you know how he did He's it? Super. Superman's son. That's what did it. And I would love These the idea. These are my credentials. Again, me and you were talking. <laughs> he just opens up his shirt, the S. Any questions? Like, That's what grade I get in S. I actually would have loved it. I was talking to you about the idea of maybe maturing that book up on this. I would like the idea where John actually is like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I don't know anything. Damien has gone behind and just fudged all of the paperwork. He just passed yeah, everything. Could. Has like 17 degrees, right? 17 degrees of John Kent is what it would be called. If Why? I wrote that book, I don't know because he's got 17 degrees. He's there. Look at me. I'm a firefighter. Um, degree in uh, firefighting. Yeah, get the degree. That's the hottest degree you can ever get. I think you understand I'm school. To think of what Bing was going on. Again, I'm John in this deal. He doesn't know either. No, he's and, tall. No, but really, what happens? Oh, oh. What, what happens though, is that Damien didn't do anything. He's just lying to him. He's like, I got this one, a degree in sewing. He's got all so these now John patches. spent all that time in a volcano, came out a pathological liar. Yeah, that's what happens. Maybe he would be. I, I don't know. We, we thought did, that he'd did have you spend some effects. seven years in a volcano? Well, no, but uh, maybe. I mean, you know, it's, all of us have our own little volcanoes we have to deal with in life, Eric, don't we? I but, guess. Yeah, maybe. But with all of that being said, I and I do like you, by the way. You're, you're a friend of mine. See, I, I have to keep lying just to keep up the guys. But here I we know. are. We have two books right <laughs> away here. We got uh, the joke. And, <laughs> and uh, 
yeah, one of them is a book that a lot of people are, a lot of people in the Get Fresh crew own. Mm-hmm. They picked it for their book of the year, and it's Flash. And I, I get it, but I don't necessarily get it every issue that we read. And because of that, it's like one of those, it's the tale of two stories here. We end up having the important thing with the clip cell. And oh, we haven't really I think so. The important thing with Jay West because that's no, what's no, important well, to me. That's the thing. That's Jay, the good Irie, thing. and Maxine Baker. That's, the most that's important thing going want. on in the Flash right now. Is Eclipse going to take over the multiverse? Maybe, but I don't give a shit because Jay's over here getting a Speed Force power back. And see, this would be the best of what you're saying, and you're, you're kind of going at it in the you know glass half full here, right? Because it's always the half idea. Full. Well, for me, it's always just completely empty, right? Because I'm a I'm a pig. I don't but play any games. The glass yeah, is never full. Yeah. So. When you look at that, it's not necessarily saying that, oh, my God, the, this Irie and, you know, Jay stuff is so good that it makes the other stuff, Eclipso, in the multiverse feel making an antenna in Gem World less. No, that, that story itself makes it feel less. Yeah, it doesn't feel inspired. It feels like it's already a second thought that you end up having Jeremy Adams really getting, you know, having some fun with the kids. And why not just do that? The Eclipso stuff, I mean, it's Eclipso. This should be huge. Eclipso, the Justice League Dark on Gemworld, affecting the entire multiverse. The freaking former Wrath of God is going to do everything here to show that he is the thing that is the most powerful being in the universe. And all I want to see is Jay punch Mammoth in the face. Yeah, you want to see Jay punch Mammoth in the face and possibly Maxine do some Animal Man stuff or Socks the Cat show show up, right? That's what we want. And we'll talk more about socks too, because I think that is going to be important. But we'll get into this and, and we'll talk about that. You're going to hear the term glaze come up, I'm sure. <laughs> and, uh, because that still drives you nuts. I don't the understand. Idea. I know. I, I don't understand the actual concept. Where's the black diamond? Where's the heart of darkness? Why is it a cosmic glaive? Yeah, and even with that, you know, the whole thing when he was in the, you know, basement of the DLD and dark, stuff. Yeah, basement, so, yeah. yeah, weird. But. Give us the stats. The Flash, number 778, written by Jeremy Adams with art by Fernando Passerin, Matt Ryan, Brent Peoples, Jeremy Cox, Peter Pentezis, Matt Herms, and Rob Lee. So yeah, like we just talked about, the idea that we are on Gem World, we have Eclipso going to use the harness the energy of all of these gems as a harmonic device to echo his you know influence all throughout the multiverse. And the biggest problem that we have here that we're not really dealing with is the idea that Eclipso could affect everybody on the JLT because everybody's got some darkness in them, but pretty much he can affect anybody. But the problem is Wally, because he's so even keel, even Steven about a hang loose attitude, he is the only being that is not able to be controlled. And now he has to fight all of his friends and team up with the Dark Lord Opal to try to stop Eclipso on their own. I'm like, give me Jay and Irie and Maxine. Lord Opal, he, he's bad news, right? You, you well, know it's that. Dark but- Lord Opal. It's like the one, and the thing is, I'm not a huge, like, you know, gem world guy, Amethyst, but that seems in my mind, from what I, the limited knowledge that I have of the situation, because I don't like it. That's Atlas's only bad guy. That's yeah, like the and, go-to and this bad is guy. The thing with that, Wally even spells it out at one point. I have the power to do whatever. That's not what Amethyst told me. <laughs> you know, you claim. Now, this is the thing that gets me, though. And I appreciate this, but this is the idea. And, and I've been saying this about Nightwing over. And the, these two books kind of do go hand in hand sometimes. The idea where Tom Taylor, he's writing Nightwing. The guy can't do any wrong. Right? Sure. And I love Nightwing. I love Dick Grayson. Why do I love him? I told you all along because he's the greatest guy. I get the it. The butt cheeks. Yeah, I get it. And the butt cheeks. You know, uh, Juan and I forget it. Maybe Pedro Jose. or Jose. Yeah. So you end up with, that's fine. But 
there's a point where you go too far. And I think that the idea of getting the story set up and to make it the idea, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to use this idea of darkness. I'm going to use the idea of Eclipso. And what I'm going to say is that Wally has no, not, not a smidgen of any darkness. He's even Steven, like you said, and he's going, it's almost too much. And it ends up making the character not as interesting well, than in the this little is, way. It really isn't played up that much either anyway. The even Steven, even keel kind of attitude, like I said, the hanging loose thing is just a little bit overplayed because of the idea of what everybody that we have dealing with right now, because of what has happened to Wally, all of the freaking stuff that Jeremy Adams had to do in his first arc to erase the heroes in Christ, or just give yeah, it reason. That was great, right? Everything he's been through, his family being taken from him, Flashpoint happening, all this stuff, the dark multiverse. Wally should be messed up. This should be affecting him, but because of Wally and how his pure connection to the Speed Force, he should be able to run his own darkness. That's my. And that's it. my. That's what I want. That's exactly what I was going to say. And it, it goes with even the Super Sun stuff that I was talking about uh, on the Patreon deal, where a lot of these writers are just they want to get the hey, let's have fun, and everybody wants the hope and the fun back. That's fine. I do too. But to get that. I like seeing the hero have to overcome things and just having Wally just, oh, I'm like even struggle. Steven. What's better? What shows you more of Wally? The idea that he might be on Sola? Because the idea that this plays off is like you're on drugs or something. Like, hey, nothing bothers me, baby. I don't care. It goes right <laughs> drugs, off my back. Or is it, yes. Or is it the hero that does have the darkness? And that's where you would have a clip so, so confused. Like, you have the most of why why can't I get to you? And he's like, Well, I've overcome this already. And with that, yes, the darkness is there, but I also now have my family and I have these and they're they're my anchors. They're the ones that they're bigger, they're better than the darkness. And you'd have that play of you'd have some tension, you have some character development and actually be able to say, instead it's just, why doesn't this affect you? I don't know. I guess I'm Pretty hanging cool, right? loose, dude. I, it, it just it feels it's weird to say for a comic, it feels cartoony. And I'm saying like Saturday morning cartoon. Oh, I get you. Super Friends. Yeah, Super Friends. Th- that, there's a place for that. I used to love it, right? But when you're doing this, you have a more longer firm story to go. And you end up doing it to fudge something that doesn't really need to be fudged because your whole story seems very basic. Very general, especially with but the But it shouldn't so. because even no, the it idea, because what I, the things I details. just described, the idea of using the harmonics of all the freaking gems on Gemworld to go from the sphere of the gods outwards to affect the entire multiverse, that is an amazing plan for Eclipse. So coming out of this whole thing, and I want to go back and recheck because I don't believe, like, I don't remember seeing it, but throughout this, Wally has the glaive, you know, the idea that we have to recharge the glaive because the magic that is depleted to put Eclipso back in the glaive to keep him from doing any more harm. Do you remember him taking the glaive with him and doing other things with it throughout the yeah, issues that I we had previously? The, the glaive was there. Like, at was the that point that silly the, issue where you yeah, turn the pages? Yeah, it, it was, was it? there. Okay. Yeah, because it was almost like he couldn't use it then. Because I remember we were saying stuff like, oh, you're fudging the details and he had it. But it does come back here almost as if it's what? Like, I, I'm with you. It doesn't feel like it was pushed as much. Like, for some reason, I just see it strapped on his back right now. I'm like, where the fuck did you come from? And maybe I'm just not paying attention too close. It, it's funny, too, though, because and what we're saying about this Eclipso deal should be bigger. And, you know, Gemworld, whatever. But well, no, I'm telling you the thing is, I don't like Gemworld. That's an amazing way to use the character in this world it because is. it makes sense to me through comic like weird science. And with you, yeah, really, you did it, Eric. I did. And so when you think back at last issue, though, and even all the stuff, 
Like, I, nothing sticks out of this part of the story. I mean, if you ended up asking me, and I, I had people who were talking about how great the last issue was. Nobody said Eclipso once. It was all Jay Action Diary, right? That deal and Maxine Baker, Maxine and Irie. That was Irie and and her rebellious streak coming out. It's still great, and I like this issue. It's just that it's almost like the idea when you said at the beginning, like you want more of the Jay Irie Maxine stuff because it's so great. And what I actually want is this part to feel more important because this book could be, you know, one of the top deals. If you could get both of these stories going, but it, right now it's playing off like a bad episode of American Dad, where you got that side story. It's supposed to be the side story. That's hilarious. Yeah, the, the B plots story are taking the A plot right now. And the greatest part, the greatest part that you have in here, because even when you have the idea, we have to magically recharge the glaive so we can stop Eclipse. So let's go to Dark Lord Opal's freaking you know evil castle because he's a sorcerer. He can recharge this whole thing. And obviously, Dark Lord Opal goes and betrays while he opens up a portal and brings Eclipse. So and well, brings the JLD possessed by. Eclipso all throughout there. He gets frozen and then just constantly gets beat down. This, uh, this is the greatest part to me, though, once he is incapacitated because Etrigan is just beating the crap out of him and he's pulling like a Rocky out of the freaking film series. Like this, like, is that all you got along this lines? Or even like, you know, Captain America, the idea I can do this all day because he's just taking the blows, but he's still smiling about it. I'm like, you're pretty badass here, but you're not as badass as your kids in my mind. No, and it's funny, even almost doesn't Etrigan rhyme to Etrigan, but then stops <laughs> it. That was funny. But with that, just think of this. You end up, the big play here in the Wally part is that the Dark Lord Opal betrays them. Yeah. That's very basic. We're all expecting this. Nobody would trust it. Then you go to the B story, or what you would think it would be, and there are twists and turns and character moments with Jay and Iris, especially Maxine's there. She hasn't really revealed most of the things. There are hints, though, even if you didn't know that that was animal man's daughter and right. actually the avatar of the red there when they go take them both they're both powerful you know you go well, that but metas you end up yeah which and, and I think still, that seems though, weird too the idea that she's a meta because the idea of an avatar is different to me than a meta it's almost like the people that say the flash is a meta I'm like well he's connected to the speed force he's not really a meta in my it mind. is the weird deal even like stuff uh, at DC versus like Marvel, and even I guess Irie too, with the points. connection to the Speed Force. Maybe she had something because she was born into it off of Wally's, you know, I think idea. That it's but just a play of I know we're going to get always them. Kind of irks me a little bit, but just think, you end up where and and we had talked about this, and, you know, not that we're going to toot our own horn or anything, but because nobody uh -huh. would know if we're lying or anything with that, right? The, but we realized that that had to be Mammoth uh, during the week. Where we're like, wait a minute, it can't be Blockbuster, obviously. And you no, even said on, on uh, one of our shows, even, the idea where there's only a couple options. I think yeah. we even said it at the end of last episode, maybe, of the deal. But so you get that reveal, at least. And you get Shimmer and you get Mammoth. Oh, my God. Like, Which is weird, deal. too, cool. because Shimmer and Mammoth are now kidnapping Metagene kids and taking them back to their leader, a calculator, who's going and checking, like, you know, local hospital databases, looking at blood samples and stuff like that to find the Metagene because they're going to human traffic these kids to the highest bidder, wherever they need to do. But it seems weird because I don't know for certain. I say it seems weird, but maybe it's not. But I feel that recently, within the past year, maybe two, that we watched Shimmer die, and I don't remember where. I just thought to myself, in my mind, it's stuck in like, man, well, Mammoth has be had pissed. some problems too, but yeah. maybe we'll just go with the idea. I, get, of, I know, couldn't think. Of, I tried matters. looking it up, and I can't find a thing where Shimmer would have died, and it's pissing me off. The funny thing too, I didn't even quite get the concept until just now when you were talking about it. But the thing that does lead to the War of Earth Three and the tie-in of this book into the Earth Three and Teen Titans Academy is the idea that some meta kid is being kidnapped. So. 
that is pretty cool that we're seeing the beginning of that. But even that, that makes that more important here, I, too, I but- just feel bad about this hierarchy of villainy right now because you have Shimmer and Mammoth working for Calculator, which might be okay for some, but I'm like, is it because Red, like Red X killed Simon and he was looking to make a new Fearsome Five and do us? And then, you know, he's going to leave you and go off and do his own freaking secret society of supervillains. Yeah, we're going to get him next. Yeah, and we'll see what goes on now. What I like, though, and again, that's what you end up with the big I kind turn. of wish that Mammoth and Shimmer would have been there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe something I, bad happens at the end of this. Or maybe you just have Mammoth and Shimmer by themselves here and trying to do their own thing. I don't know. But you end up where, again, the Wally story, the, the only twist that you get, you get continuous of, oh, my God, the JLD, they're controlled, you know, by Eclipso. Oh, my. And then the big turn of, ha-ha, Dark Lord Opal, I'm bad. You kind of know that. Right here, though, we get Mammoth. That's the reveal. We didn't know it, that from last issue. And Shimmer's the, there. It was kind of like Shimmer's there. Then all of a sudden, oh, my God, they're working for Calculator. Oh, my God, they're stealing medicates. They're, they're human trafficking medicates. Then you even go as we go where Jay then. I need to use some like there's so many things going on in the side story. Well, I just can't wait for this whole really thing great. because when you have Irie and Maxine who are you know taken away by like Mammoth and put into like little cryo tubes to keep them you know from using their powers until they can be sold on the black market or whatever. And Jay has been following this whole time. He's freaking going jumping on top of the van, being all action log about it. It's so funny when you see him on the van, little little Jay on the van, arms like, and legs spread <laughs> up to make sure that he doesn't fall. He's off. all spread out. He's flying. They better not take any hard Louis, right? <laughs> and then I also want him to. Do the urban surfing like in Team Wolf oh, yeah. would have been hilarious, but with this that, idea right there, going again, forward. though, with that too, though, it's the exact thing that we wanted. It's so silly to say this, but this is what we wanted for when Superman lost his powers and was still. Oh, yeah. you know, we wanted a hero. Irie and Maxine, even Jay. though Jay doesn't know, but they both have powers. They're not used to being in front of each other. Jay does not have any powers right now. And all I'm waiting for, because we are focused on Jay since the last issue with his action log and how bummed out he is because he has to see his sister have these powers and he just kind of gets left behind. You know, it's it's daddy-daughter day and never daddy-son day with the whole idea of the Speed Force because if he last time he did it, it could kill him. So they had to disconnect him from the Speed Force as, as a conduit, as it was. And the idea that he has to go forward now. And when I see these things, my and knowing because of that first six issues or whatever it was of Jeremy Adams' run with the quantum leap kind of thing where then Wally went to the future and saw Irie all grown up and the idea that she says, you know, Jay's going to get his powers again and we're going to go and do this. I'm like, I am just waiting right here for Jay to get his powers again and we can move forward. Maybe it's some weird deal that you will go through and they – because by the end he does end up sensing Wally. Poor body apart. Maybe though they go into Gem World and somehow with the glaive, with the conduit, with the idea of instead of being Eclipso's deal, maybe the Steve – I don't know. But it, it's neat. And he ends up again though. It's a kid who will die. This, this is almost like the Hell Bat suit that we we're talking yeah. about again on the Patreon where – you're going to do something that you know might kill you, but you have to because you got to save your sister. And I, like when of, he, I like when he goes to Maxine. Not really her, but. It's a weird thing, too, when I see this. You know, like uh, Irie goes and touches him, connects him back to the Speed Force through her because he's a Speed Force conduit like she is. And then he uses powers. And unlike the other Flash and stuff like that, he uses the Speed Force to have enhanced strength, the super strength, which is a great aspect because you don't want to have too many speedsters around. But this is one of those things in Joshua Williamson's run, which everybody seemed to love, like where he introduces the strength force and the and the still force. But like he didn't, but what was the other one? The um the sage force, the sage force. Yeah. But even when we had the new Fifty Two Eobar Thawne, the re envisioning of the Reverse Flash character going throughout time and collecting all these people that were connected to the Speed Force, and each of them used their Speed Force powers differently and did different things that were akin to what we eventually got with like the Sage Force and the Strength Force. 
it all comes back to the idea of how you use the speed force and having Jay here and using this again, his old power. This makes you think like, we didn't need all that fucking forever fucking force nonsense that Joshua Williams was doing because it just added stuff that we already had through the speed force. Yeah, it's funny too. You say that now you kind of get the idea where maybe he wasn't allowed, you know, to use the family and didn't have the family there. So he's trying desperately. I thought that we were going to get the, you know, the flash core. Yeah. And I was all for it. I actually thought it was cool. But you're right. If you get Irie, Jay, and all that, that takes care of that. And you have that because everybody manifests in a different way. Because even when you had those people that were working for Eobard Thawne back in the New 52 Flash, and, like, they used their powers different, like, the gravitational powers using the Speed Force and different things. And, like, you had all these different elements. You could, And that's the best part of, and the worst part of the Speed Force. The motherfucker's magic. Yeah, you, you can just do whatever you want. Whatever you want. And this is the idea, like, well, here's some more magic stuff. Like, no, don't do that. No, I, I just can we go to the Savage Lands with Speed Force again, Eric? I know you didn't love that. I don't that. want to talk about that. You no didn't more. love that, but the the funny play or the cool play here is, you know, as you end up seeing uh, Eclipso, he's trying to work his magic down below. He's doing, you know, trying to get the crystals All going. Starbreaker's body. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, all right, but then when you get back and you have that deal of, you know, give me that power and whatever. And it's such a cool play because I didn't get it right away. And then you realize because you see Iris like, no, 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 leave my brother alone. And she's got a purple sweatshirt on. And then Mammoth, I mean, he's all, I mean, this guy's bad to the bone here. He's sure going to punch kids. He goes to punch and you have the fist come out. And you almost at first think that it's, but no, it's the green. They have a whole crap. It's, and it's so cool. Though so what's funny about this, and I think it's a play that I, I, you end up where you have, you know, that's not all I'm about to break. Where you have Jay talking trash. You broke my wrist. That's not all I'm about to break. That panel suddenly really, to me, looked like Scott Collins' art. And I actually had to go and look. Because look what happens to Irie's face right there, though, because her eyes are a little bit too close yeah, together very in my mind. Close. It looks very odd. But it did, the faces, to me, look, and I thought maybe that was some homage or something. Because he has been on a lot of stuff like that. So I went back to yeah. the thing. I'm like, is he a- Oh, no, that, that's kind of weird, but it's kind of cool it, it, just for me. But here's the thing, too, then you end up having, okay, and really what's happening, too, we didn't really mention the idea that Maxine and especially Irie, they're kind of drugged out. They ended up getting oh, yeah. the tranks and it's stuff. It's one of those weird things that we had before in that one little one shot where, like, Irie and, you know, uh, Wally couldn't access Speed Force because the sleep dust that was in the air. So it, it's, it's forced to make Jay have to do this, and that was the only way that Irie would end up actually you know being willing to do it but i like it this makes jay relevant yeah. yeah and i like it and he has to step forward and he goes and i just i laughed at shimmer here so much she's transmuting wood in the freaking metal she's like i'm gonna hit you with this chair but i'm gonna hit you with a metal chair instead of a wood chair i'm like <laughs> oh that's not that great so like, 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 out of nowhere like he's gonna hit with a steel chair exactly it reminds me of the play where you yell at me sometime and, and it's the joke like a stake to the heart of a vampire that it kills anybody. The idea of a wood chair is going to hurt him. If you hit him <laughs> over the head with the wood chair, he's done. Uh, but the metal chair, a little more. And it, Shimmer doesn't have a lot going on. Just let her I have know. it. I know. I'm like, really? Uh, but it allows, you know, Jay to catch. That's why you really need her in a fearsome five. Yeah, yeah. She needs to, she needs to come up from behind and hit you with the chair. She can't be front up. But he ends up catching the chair. You shouldn't throw it. Just go and hit him with it. Crumples it up and throws it. But then he starts screaming. That it hurts, and that's the big thing. Like, oh my god, it's killing him. I freaks out, but it's not just that. He ends up saying, "No, no, no, forget about me. It, Dad's in trouble," and he seems like he can sense the deal. And yeah, you see, you know, amethyst going on him and stuff like that. Whatever of the mind, 
but it's really good. And then even then they look like it's like, you know, escape from which mountain nonsense is sitting there. <laughs> you look like you have something to say. Uh, but I thought that part was great. I mean, the stuff with Jay, Irie, you don't get a ton of Maxine. And I'm thinking that maybe Maxine's the one that eventually does get kidnapped off, though I don't know why that would have the Teen Titans involved, but still, maybe she was on her way there, because she'd be a cool Teen Titan as well. Yeah. But you end up where they're going to have to go and figure out a way to go get their dad and things like that, but still have to deal with, you know, Shimmer Mammoth for, for the most part. I mean, they'll end up, you know, he broke his hand, but he'll well, be back the thing in, is now we have, we have Jay going through these painful growth spurts that might end up killing him and stuff like that because his connections, you know, been connected again to the Speed Force. If Irie gets her head clear, are we going to use the Speed Force to get ourselves to Gemworld? Or is there going to be some weird kind of, you know, Parliament of Limbs, Red Avatar, the Red situation going on where Maxine's going to do something well, crazy? It would be cool to have Maxine because at this point she is kind of just kind of there. She's just there and not really even sh- like revealing who she is yet. And that's the funny thing about it, too. At this point, I mean, she is just watching some speedsters reveal no. Like you know what I she, mean? She like, saw her friend touch her brother on the nose, and all of a sudden, her brother has super strength. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She knows something's up, though, right? They're like, what is it? The Wonder Twins? It was. I mean, I love that. I just that the the size difference. They are twins, so it does work. The, the scale of the mammoth fist and, and Jay, it's so badass. Jay, it's so <laughs> cool. And the idea, I'm like, should have stayed in Damien's prison, mammoth. Yeah, really. I mean, remember at one point, he was just there working the, the Ferris wheel and yeah. stuff. That, that would have been a better Rehabilitated through brainwashing. Where I think that Jeremy Adams shows that, I don't know why I think this is such a smart play. Mammoth breaks his wrist, which makes sense. If he would have said, I broke my hand, it wouldn't have worked as much for me because Jay's basically hitting one like finger, right? But it's the jamming of the fist you are there. big into the anatomy I'm lessons. telling you, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, that's actually a, a smart play that it would be the wrist, not the hand. I like that. Not, hey, the hair. But yeah, so I think that this whole deal, if you, if you think about this stuff, you end up where that War of Earth 3 that involves a kidnapped kid medic. So that makes sense with the calculator plan here. And what they're doing, and maybe even a bigger plan with other people. Maybe but does it with, go on with what's going on in Deathstroke? Maybe Inc. that's part of the deal. I actually thought it'd be a really cool play if this is like Bendix doing some stuff on the side too to really get all these books involved. But you also though have this antenna that's being built kind of down there in the gem world. Maybe yeah. that would be the Speed Force deal, and you'd almost have another Speed Force storm. But why would that be good for Jay then? You know what I mean? The idea of like we have to figure out. Why Jay is, you know, not reacting well to it and stuff. And I hope it's just well, that's not. Be- that's just because of the way that, like, they work together and they had the seventh connection. So they didn't go and, you know, I just kill hope each that other. It's not it. just like the, you know, the power of love does something. I hope that I it agree. makes some sense. That's all I'm saying. You, you know, I, you're right. We know why, but I want to, I don't want it to just be, oh my God, I feel it again. It was because dad kissed me. Right? Something like that. What? <laughs> Well, you know, you see him kiss him on You know, Tom Brady kiss, right? What a weird taste. You know, I'm just saying, uh, Dad hugged me. Is that better? Oh, my God. Look at you. Yes, you know, it yeah, is better. I know that there's times where, you know, some sort of father, son, you know, they have a, a little bit of nice times. Stumbling here. I don't know what you're doing. Some nice times, I'm you said? To... <laughs> I'm trying to think okay. about Instead Show of trying emotion. to move backwards, let's emotion, move forwards. right? I said, my dad told me one time he loved me. He was drunk, but hey, I'll take it, Eric. Yeah. I'll go. Uh, and did I tell you that I like the way that Mammoth's wrist gets you did. broke? You did. Oh, okay. There he is. Hey, Jay. Smoochie, smoochie. 
Uh, I really like that. And and with that, I'm going to give a score that I, I think is going to be higher than yours because I like that so much. And I'll just go with right now. It's the A story. And it's hitting the other B story. is just there. In my mind, it is kind of, if this makes sense, you got to get Jay and Irie because this seems important. You have to get them up to speed to the part where they go back and go into up Gem speed. World. Well, yeah, up to speed. And I think Unintended? that that's why, yes. And no, it wasn't. But this stuff in Gem World, I do think it's like it's on a holding pattern waiting for these two things to connect. And I think they're connecting next issue. So it should be Hopefully. a banger. Uh, but I like this. What would you give it? Uh, I like the J stuff a lot and this whole thing, and I like a lot of the art, except for that weird way that I looked at the end of the issue that bothered me. But for the most part, I like the art in this a lot, and I like the J stuff. It's just the big main draw of the book, the thing that like keeps telling you how big and huge it is. And I can agree, it sounds big and huge. That does nothing for me each and every issue anymore. And I'm like, why am I here doing this? And why is the thing that I care about the most, why a cosmic glaive's involved? I don't know, but this is a Flash book. I don't care about what the Flash is doing. It's all about the kids for me. And because of this concept where I only like half the book, it's a 6.8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to go 8. I'm going to go, this is like, we don't usually differ too much. But the thing I'm going with is the idea of almost like we say, some of these books, we don't like the backup, but we're not going to put that. I know this isn't the backup. But the idea of going forward, what I want from this book, it's not defeating Eclipso. That's going to be the story that's so over, Jay whatever. Back up to speed. That's all I want. And, and so if I'm getting a lot of that and I'm getting the kids, the kids, David, and with the that kids. earlier in the series, a lot of people were going with that deal of, oh, my God, I love this book because of the family stuff. We weren't Me getting too. a lot of the family, though, as much as now. Now it's hitting hard because we're actually there Shoot, with I was them. just happy for a little while. And I'm like, there is a family. I'm not seeing it, but I, I know it. Okay. While having fun at work. But then oh, you get that side issue, Irie and him with the sleep dust monster and stuff. That's weird. I like this more because this ends up being the most important thing. One of the most important things. Poor we had, Linda doesn't know what's going on in her that, fucking life. And that's the thing, too. A lot of people were saying, like, I love it that Linda. I'm like, she's done nothing. I mean, she's just walking around. But with that, what I want from this book, if we have a checklist, it's got to be in the top three of Jay getting his powers back. And that's what we seem to be getting in that. So I'm going with that. That's the big part and equal pages. So I think that I'm going to go with that. That's why I'm so into it because of the idea of Jay and Irie. And And just the reveal of what we're going to do with the Baker family, possibly going forward and the West family, maybe hanging out. I don't know, but. Maxine Bacon here is just the opportunity to have a good time going forward. And not only a good time, but a weird time. And I, I think that it's a weird deal if it is the play that they're going to go and somehow get in the Speed Force and leave Maxine behind and then she gets kidnapped because then you will know. Because somebody has to know somebody's been kidnapped and whatever. And that might be that War of Earth 3 stuff where you'll find out the calculator's doing this for some other nonsense and whatnot. But uh, that would be a shame because I want Maxine to actually do something in the book, too, because that's cool. That's a cool addition as well. But we'll see how that is. But, yeah, I was, I was really happy, especially reading. I, I wasn't an eight before we started uh, recording, but talking about it has kind of. You're welcome. It, it, yeah, it's me <laughs> and you. I, I'm getting myself excited. I mean, that wrist, Eric, and, and the smooches. Dead son smooches. I don't like it no more. Well, oh my, do you think that that's what I should have as the title? Dead the son and smoo- smooches. No. You don't Two think that'll get the like people? Old boss, what he thought that show was two men and a boy. <laughs> like he says to a customer, "Hey, you ever see that that movie thing? You know that you watch on the, the two men and a boy." The guy's like, "I don't know what the hell you're talking about." And when I'm not shopping here anymore. Two and a half men. And then he's like, "No, no, no, two and a half men." And he goes, "Now I really hate you." <laughs> That's what <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my goodness gracious!" We're gonna move on to the next book, which 
I think I'll like a little bit more than you as well. I, I'm positive, Jimmy. You're good. 2022 is working. Deathstroke Inc. Number five, Eric. It's written by Joshua Williamson. You ever hear of that guy? He's on a bunch bit. of books, right? This book. He's shaping our future. He is. And this book with that is going to be tying into with uh, Robin and Batman and the Shadow War. I just wanted to well, tell you. Officer, this better be tying into Death of the Justice League. Oh, well, that too. Art by Paola Pantalina. And high-five and Steve Wands. And we start off this, we ended up at the last issue where it seemed like Prometheus, Prometheus had sent them to the ghost zone, right? The ghost zone, the made-up ghost zone, which we find out in this issue was a place where, you know, after a good heist, Slade and Prometheus just used to hang out and chill. <laughs> I'm like, in the crooked house, in, in the, the ghost house zone. It, it ghost just zone. honestly is a, instead of a black background of the Phantom Zone, it's a white background with a fucking crooked house, and it's the same thing. The crooked house. The funny but thing inside, is, even before change. we read it, we called it the crooked house, and I'm thinking to myself, did we have a crooked house before? We just kind of guessed or what? The house because is crooked. It's looking like a crooked I know, house. But I, I usually am not that good at that stuff. I'm like, hey, look at the rickety house, Eric, and then it doesn't work <laughs> out. Right? But it, it is a crooked house. I just like the idea. Remember my big my big concern last issue at the cliffhanger? How'd they get in that mail? I still have that problem, Eric. The mail over there. It's of the mind, Jim. Well, but still, if it's of the mind, why do you have floating islands and stuff? I don't know. You just kind of have solid ground with the crooked well, house. I, I don't even know what the ghost zone is. It's just a made-up thing for this issue to do nothing with and say it's of the mind. At the end, it's of the mind even more than of the mind. Yeah. It's weird. And so all this again, and we'll just reveal it. Spoiler alert. This is all a dupe again. This is a Dr. Destiny dupe. Like last du- issue, but at least duping. last issue. We had Dr. Destiny duping us, like we're duping our heroes, into thinking they were fighting a badass version of the Legion of Doom. That's cool. Here we're just duping them to think of the ghost zone and then walking into a door and both of them thinking that they are fucking knights in shining armor and some fucking merry castle, like some some medieval times castle restaurant. Yeah. (laughs) And then at the end, it's me and you. Me and you are at the medieval times. We're eating drumsticks and ribs, right? And then at the end, somebody just comes up and goes, you passed the test. Damn right we did. What the hell was the We test? didn't get freaking salmonella. <laughs> I didn't throw up. There's a weird situation going on with this book, though, with Joshua Williamson, because I keep seeing it now with you know what we had previously with the Cheetah Land stuff, where Deathstroke's a freaking knight in armor riding a fucking unicorn through the lands where, you know, Queen Cheetah's there. And now this whole thing where even when Deathstroke in his make-believe world of the mind where he thinks that his kids have all come together, they all love him, they're one big happy Slade family, but he's also the leader of the Justice League. He's still in a night motif, and even Black Canary, whose mothers and her seem to be the freaking royal family of the land of fucking, you know, Sherwood Forest with everybody in the, uh, the Green Arrow family there. It seems like Joshua Williamson keeps trying to make this a weird fantasy book out of nowhere, like it's Dark Knights of Steel, and I, I was just no gonna say, why. maybe he thinks that's hitting. <laughs> the weird part about this is, again, you end up, in, and I. this is another one of these books where I have to step back and think to myself, you know, are they doing this? Me and you know, you know, a lot of the background, Deathstroke and his son, Grant. The idea now, is this Joshua Williamson trying to figure out? I still out feel if, Grant's coming back. I do, too. And that's why I think, like, he doesn't necessarily explain the situation here, but you get the name drop and see how important Grant is to Deathstroke. Maybe that's Joshua Williamson just reminding people. Well, he should. He's also doing Robin, which is, you know, the idea that Ravager went to one of Grant's old hideouts and stuff like that. The idea of respawn, who's respawn, the idea of that you and I have been talking about, think like Grant Wilson is coming back. Yes, and I think that that's a play here. I think Grant's coming back. I think this is the, like, preliminary the stuff. The original Ravager. Where you get Joshua Williamson 
He's trying to, it's almost like a name drop before you announce that, you know, a BTS is coming to my birthday party. I'm trying to Who's feel that? out the deal. I'm like, you like that sugar, do you? And you're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, that's good. Go my coffee, I'll maybe. talk to you later. And they're like, hey, BTS. But it, it does feel, it's not, like I said, it doesn't play out. Maybe it should a little more. It doesn't play out of the, hey, everybody, this is the situation with Deathstroke and Grant. And even with that, though, you end up having them come into the crooked house, right? It's kind of like my house, the crooked house. They go in and they have these doors, right? And they're, oh my God. And Deathstroke says, I hang out here with Prometheus, but every time you go in, it's a little different. That That's just a wacky way to say, you know, shit's going to go crazy. Yeah, they yeah. mentioned the idea. I said, I got to giggle when they're talking about haunted houses and Deathstroke. Yeah, I don't like haunted houses. Why not? And I kind of beat the crap out of a guy that tried to scare me. And I, I think that that's hilarious. But, and that's even then, he, even that story pulls out and, and almost goes with, unlike you, the idea. He does try to be a, a good dad sometimes. That was played out in the, the priest, you know, deal. Oh, yeah, the last Deathstroke run, but he but doesn't he know how to do, do it. it. And that, that little story gives me that, too, of the idea. He did take him to the haunted house, so he did. That seems like something he wouldn't do. He, he doesn't, just doesn't believe that work. he des- deserve for because of the type of monster that he has become over the decades. Now, even if when he did get his family back and things did seem fine at the end of Deathstroke, he left because it, we always like to joke the idea. Well, he's bored now to sit on the couch watching TV and shit like that. But no, really, it just seems like he knows he doesn't deserve this. And he just brings death and destruction to anybody he cares about. So why bother caring and about I like, people? I like being re- – he's re- – I think that this part – and I still think that almost half or a little more of this is pure out filler. There's not much going on. And for people who know the stuff, it really does feel like you know basic stuff. It feels service level. But I think maybe it gives you that vibe and does mention Grant. But my, my problem is, is what's the test? And what what is this well, that Doctor Destiny is. is actually doing? Because they say they need the test to see that you get the yin and the yang, the good and the bad, which you don't quite get. But also of the well, mind the getting what you, you want. You kind of get the idea of the good and bad, the idea of a hero and a villain working together. Because when you go through their individual doors and you go to their individual like you know make believe realities, how they get. Because I initially want to think reading Deathstrokes because it's the most important one in my mind. The idea that he'll one day become the Justice League leader, especially when you got to the end of this and knowing the death of Justice is coming up. Like, I could see Slade trying to take up a mantle of this to make sure that the oh, world doesn't cool. enter the Legion of Doom again. But when you have the situation, Slade the villain is the leader of the Justice League. Him and his kids are all about this whole thing. And when you go to Dinah's, she is the princess of the land. And it seems like they are bad people who are going to go. So you have the hero become the bad person because even when Green Arrow comes, they're like, what happened to your eye, Oliver? I know I failed you last time, my lady, but please don't take my other eye. So yeah, she, I, I the know idea that. of this is bad. So I don't know, though, because in my mind, the way it plays out for Deathstroke, while he is a bad dude getting everything he wants, and you can break free of that, that's a test. When you're Dinah, who's a good person, seeing that in this land, you're a piece of shit and everything's awful, yes, you're going to break out of that because but that's who you are. Break out of it. The weird part is, is that they don't necessarily break out of it until the reveal of this isn't real. I mean, you, you end up where they're they're confused. Deathstroke says, I don't deserve this. He's almost in tears saying, oh, my God, like I got my wildest dreams, but I don't deserve it. And you end up having Grant of the Mind say, no, Dad, you don't. You really don't. Like he's like, I don't deserve this. And then just turns into a hideous monster. Then they attack. The The idea of this isn't like, oh, Dad, are you going to stay with us forever? Yes. All right. You passed. You lost. Whatever. It just. It feels weird because the test part I don't get because you go and Dinah doesn't really – she's kind of like confused. Oh, my God. They, yeah. they know that it's of the mind because they just walk through a door. But they're even like, 
yeah, mom, you're kind of a bitch, and I don't know what's going on. Oh, no, you're a demon. Attack. And it just felt weird, like almost like the test would have been coming the next panel. And then Dr. Destiny jumped the gun and then the bubble. Ha ha. Oh, Dr. Destiny screwed the pooch again. It's just that deal. Like you said, like if it was Deathstroke who said, you know what? Like he's sitting there. And when he says it, there's something wrong with me on the inside. I don't deserve this. That's not necessarily him saying, I know this is a dupe and screw you. Like in my mind, the test would be Deathstroke saying, I don't deserve this. This can't be real because I'm a piece of shit. You're not real. And Instead of what you get because you invoke the family and the dead son of Slade, who he feels terrible about, you have just brought the wrath of the most dangerous man in the freaking universe on your head to this way. Because this is like, there are lines not to be crossed. Doing this to Deathstroke and for how he reacts to it, you have brought the wrath of God down upon you. Maybe the, the problem here is the idea that it isn't revealed just yet that this is Dr. Destiny then. And then afterwards, I'm thinking like, what does he know and what is he doing and what was he trying to do? Because they seem like they knew all along and they could, if they could control it, but it's this Dr. Death, like Dr. Destiny pretending that the, the Legion of Doom is attacking and gets it all wrong and has it coming in. And that I understand. He's just trying to skip. But this one is more of the, you know, I'm going to see your hearts, but never gets far enough because it feels like it doesn't mean anything. And you're just going to say, Grant, mom again. You know, Ollie and the family. And then, boom, boom, you pass the test. But the test really didn't mean anything to me. It just was weird. And it just comes down to we wanted to have a hero and a villain. It almost feels like because when they get Libra, to the next you deal, need to have balance. I think when they, when they get to Libra and then you have Slade, because everybody's in the darkness. It kind of made me laugh when Slade just like, okay, the shadow inducer, boom, I'm going to get it. It just feels like this whole society is sitting around just laughing at them and, and fucking around with them. To, until they come there And that, like you said, all it does Is piss Deathstroke off Oh my god He just goes, oh, I'm gonna kill everybody <laughs> They are D-list villains For the most part, so maybe they're just not thinking ahead But they have they have poked the bear well, calculator here calculator should be thinking ahead about this whole thing He always has the variables going on in his head But when you when you reveal the whole thing When you have, like, you pass the test Weaver's happy with what Dinah and Deathstroke have done here And like, we have a, a Freaking council here my yes, you don't know the word for council is a society. And whenever you have the secret society of supervillains, give me a freaking table full of D-listers, and I'm happy. And you have that here with Count Vertigo, Monocle, Phobia, yeah. Dr. Moon, Dr. Destiny, the calculator running the joint deadline. You remember him from Deathstroke? Yeah. Oh, yeah, freaking, yeah. He got his hand cut off last time we saw his ass. It made me laugh when I saw him. Prometheus, the tattooed man, shrapnel, and the body doubles. And the body doubles. So you have those now. I wonder if these are the ultra-sexual body doubles that we had in the New 52's Resurrection they Man. They pissed off as hell, is all I see there. But here's here again. I can't get over this test, but this is what I think that... Like, you should have had, an, and they have it split, you know, one page, one half of the page, Deathstroke, one half. Maybe the play would have been better if you showed the same exact scenario and actually did have the, okay, everybody, we just have to make sure now, especially because of Deathstroke. But maybe playing with Canary as well. Yep, Deathstroke is bad. Yep, Canary is good because they need that yin and the yang. Thing it is, got I already a little know cloudy, that. but I know, but I'm saying like that would be the final test from them. I still see Deathstroke as kind of good or still wanting to be good like we had tw- like towards the end of the Deathstroke series. And he might throw everything off well, balance because be of this throw-off. because they need the monster that he believes he is when he's really not. I mean, they and Libra, that it's more of like a branding type deal, too. But again, like I said, when they go with this, yep, you pass the test. That's what we need to make sure. That's why we needed a villain. 
And a hero, I'm like, I didn't get that from the test. He didn't need that first half of the issue at all. I, I say all that stuff about how he's this, this, and this. I'm like, he's going to murder full still. So maybe he is the bad guy they want. he's pissed. And he doesn't like to be anybody's tool. And he even says, you guys, you're more of a society. And you have it. It's awesome. You see that. And like, oh, my God, look at him. I like that everybody has, like, maybe pens, but it looks like celery sticks. And that, they're real villains. <laughs> you think real the celery villains, sticks right? in brown? Yeah, look at them. They're celery sticks. And so then Destro gets but pissed. Dr. Moon looks like he has a freaking bottle of gin there. You're looking at people with their celery sticks. I, I think that's probably somebody's soul or something. But, and then the Rubik's Cube with the calculator. You end up where, though, I like this deal where Destro's like, I, I told you guys you nonsense before. I mean, I hate you guys. You, you're all losers. And you and yep, look at us. You know, we're all in motion. Everybody we needed. And you do get that deal with Libra explaining that she is trying to do better from doing the same thing. Or brother, we have but to it's come bigger. together because what happened last time over the freaking the people like us, they got together. They started the Legion of Doom. And you know what they did? They talked to a goddamn God and destroyed the multiverse. Damn near. So us coming together here and putting the, the trust together and actually having the Secret Society supervillains making sure that we catch villains to make sure they work for us where we put them away, we're making sure that while the heroes failed us last time, we won't fail going forward, making the villains the heroes. Yeah, and Infinite Frontier, the idea was even Darkseid was making deals Balance. with everybody like a machine head. Well, not only that, the idea, like, you know, it made me think of the totality, what we're supposed to have as the totality. That seems like it's fucking long gone now. What we have is the secret society. But again, in the multiverse, you had all those villains and heroes with the same idea, with them wanting to say, we're going to stop this stupid Earth that keeps they changing just things and doing it all. Yeah, so here, though... They end up where we're going to stop it and get rich, and we're not. We don't want to reset. Oh yeah, we want is, to, I say all this altruistic kind of things. So no, it is all about making money as well. That's the big draw. They don't want to reset because again, yeah. these are in my mind. It's almost like the idea when you get a reboot or you know even a soft reset, and even just individual things like we even talk about deadline coming in be last time. But they each bit of things that oh, I'm building myself up, I'm getting to, oh no, we reset again and I'm just a D-villain and I'm down in the but bottom he's again. he's got his hand back. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. And then but you have people like Prometheus who has to be sitting there and like, at one point I took down the entire and then some girl with a taser took me down. I mean, I don't want this nonsense anymore. So I like that and I let yeah, you... a rough time in the jail. Yeah, right? yeah. You love, you love the idea of having the, the lower class, you know, villains. Oh, I love it. Uh, you know, use the numbers... To, to take it and yeah they say that the you know the stupid deal with lex and sinestro joker black man well, just Cheetah the idea Prod, of the secret society to begin with when you have all that going on the league the legion of doom are the heavy hitters the ones you like you know put on a cartoon series because you did because these are the main draws that kids know about stuff like that when you have the opportunity to do a true secret society like this you're going to use all these villains that never get a chime to shine because so they fun. are the lower tier. And I love seeing them put together like this. Deathstroke gets pissed and says basically, okay, we're going to do this. Well, here's what I'm going to do. Just walks over to the calculator, pulls out his gun and shoots him right through the head. Shoots freaking calculator to head and Libra. Yeah, and shoots That's Libra great. and then ends up saying, all right, look. Trust no one. And really what, what he says, I, I, I get, he says, listen, you guys. You're yelling and screaming about all these things. You're scared and whatnot. You need somebody who's really going to do something. I'm the king. I'm going to do it. Let's go. Almost like, I kind of like this idea, this plan, but I don't like the roster right now. I'm going to I just don't see this whole thing. I feel so I think weird of it from the mind here. again. And when you have the situation, like if you're looking for a leader, and if there is going to be some kind of king of the supervillains, it's going to be me. Just the idea that Deathstroke, like, I feel like he's maybe putting on airs a little bit here. Like, this seems like an over... 
reaching thing that he would never do. But I'm like, this does not feel like Deathstroke. Here's the deal. It doesn't, but maybe somebody's there and they're in the DC office and like, yeah, how, how are your books doing? What's up with this Deathstroke ink? Why yeah. is it called that? He's like, oh, shit, I better we'll get, get to there. it. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's all it felt. Like, in my RC's review. is Deathstroke riding unicorns. Exactly. What's happening here? Yeah, that's not Deathstroke ink. And now he's like, it's no longer society. It's Deathstroke ink. And I think he likes the plan. I don't know why he's got, again, fetish with these huge swords. That is the sword of the mind, it seems. Sitting there. on a throne, the king. Yeah, and just maybe Josh Williamson's really into that shit. I don't know. Maybe he's watching, like, I'm rewatching Game of Thrones, and I'm, I like that Dark Knights of Steel. I, I don't know. It, it's weird. It is weird that he keeps going with this motif, but there we are. But I think that this is the idea. It's called Deathstroke Inc. We got to get to that. It's a weird way to get to it, and a weird kind of concept. The king part is the weird concept. If Deathstroke just ended up like, and now you say when you say king, it's like, all right, royal flush gagger, checkmate. What are we doing here? So with that, I, I would have rather, I mean, him shooting, you know, calculator, throwing him out of the chair and sitting down and going, okay, let's get to work as he's playing with the Rubik's He should have stayed with Mammoth and Shimmer and just did some human trafficking. No, just think of that. The calculator, he may be like, done. I, I don't even understand. This better be of the mind, but then it'll be like the third issue of the mind where it was revealed. Oh, actually, we're doing it. But the thing is, I feel like the calculator would have had these variables mixed out. Or if you did this to Deathstroke, you know for a fact he'll murder you. And maybe that is the plan. Again, they seem to be, and, and that's the thing, too. You're going to raise that, Marvin and Wendy. Well, yeah, and even in that, the calculator, he does start kind of even saying things about, well, I kind of, you know, did the calculator. So, yeah, he might be doing this on purpose, and we'll find out what is happening. And again, you, you might end up finding out that next issue of Flash, it would not shock me if it says, this takes place all of a sudden retroactively. You say that it took place before this or something. I, I'm just going to see this weird thing where, like, I'm looking at the secret society. Like, Phobia is there. Like, did she use her psychic fear inducing thing where this is the scariest thing we that somebody can do? better not get shit like that, right? I mean, we're going to have of the mind, of the mind, like, of the mind. I feel like we've used, like, I don't know for a fact that this was Dr. Destiny, this issue, but since we used them previously, I feel like it would be. But, like, we have a whole, se- uh, pretty much a, t- a bunch of people here. And some of them could do something along these lines, like phobia and stuff like that. So maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it is crazy. But when they do end up, then again, you know, Prometheus sent them off. So I don't know. But he didn't. I know. It goes, but he uh, did, but he while didn't. While it was a real place, he didn't really send them there. Just think of that. The idea where he had to go maybe to Dr. Destiny or somebody else say, get this. We have this ghost zone. So you got to recreate that. In the back. It's very wonky. But. Yeah, I, I like the end. I, I'm telling you, and the King stuff is weird, but the idea we get a Deathstroke Inc. maybe that we've been waiting to see what that even meant, that makes sense. And I love the society stuff, and I thought that Deathstroke was hilarious, just shooting people that he didn't like. It's the best part of the book. It is. That me getting excited of the idea of the Justice League of the Mind and Deathstroke and the, of the Mind Ghost Zone with you know what we know is coming forward, the, the Justice League, what could it be going forward? What we have built up here with Black Canary, who is a current member of Justice League and stuff like that. Could this be a way to show that Deathstroke is an anti-hero, not the baddest dude there is in the freaking world anymore, and can turn over a new leaf and do something with it? Because that, that'd be a cool-ass freaking, like, he's had Black Adam in the Justice League now. That's crazy. But he's never really played up because he, like, he just became a good guy out of nowhere. Like, oh, yeah, let's, let's just get him over here. Deathstroke doing this whole turn and being playing with the goody-goodies here. That could be interesting. Well, that's the thing. I think that the idea that we're going to go forward, if I think of the idea of Joshua Williamson going, it's more of the idea of, oh, man, he could have been, you know, in this dream world, the head of the Just League, but he's got to make do with what he has. Now he's the head of Destro Gink slash Secret Society deal. And I think that will be 
maybe the savior and maybe like the Justice League that we don't want, but the one we deserve or something like that, where we we always want that story where these D-listers save the day. We ended up having Forever Evil and stuff like that. We really wanted that then. Well, those were A-list baddies still and all the heavy well, lifters there. But at that point, we wanted those D-listers. We wanted the D-listers, though, to show up and, Agreed. you know, come and go. Well, that's the thing. is the D-listers doing society stuff there. They're working for their, like, the crime syndicate. Yeah, I know. But I, I think that with this multiversal stuff, and again, you're playing with that idea of what's good and bad. And I like that because even with this, you could have. Remember, we said that Trust ended up sending out that signal from that satellite. Earth is ours, don't try to come here, all that, like already setting up yeah. some stuff. And the idea of if the society here, Destro Gang slash society, they save the earth, they're the heroes, but they're doing it to get money. Like, I like that. It's not, hey, everybody, this is our chance to be heroes and prove this. Destro's a little different, though, because he does want to be good and does want to prove it, especially to his kids. And if Grant comes back, which we think might happen, something with the whole deal with Robin and stuff, that makes it even bigger. The rest of these guys, I like the idea of maybe them saving the multiverse, but they're bad. They don't really mean to save it. They save it for their own means, but they do save it. So we'll see. I I think that it's really cool. And it's one of those things when you read these books, especially this, it's not the best issue. It, it, It has a lot of filler, but it is Joshua Williamson who's also doing the big Infinite Frontier stuff, the Justice League Incarnate. Ended up the death of the just so things do seem like you said you're trying to put things together because it's the big stuff here and I like that and I this book it, it's almost on the verge like you can almost say boy this is one of the ones you have to read because it's big but it's not really yet and, not and yet. You, but it's getting there like it but gives I can hints. see the writing on the wall that's what I'm saying and that's what intrigues me that's what intrigues me especially you know you're going to do some stuff with Batman and Robin. I think that's to try to get more eyes on this book because oh, both boy. of those are really good sellers. And so we go in. We didn't even mention it, but the idea, Hero seemingly has been in on this all along. Yeah, he's got money and toys. He, he wants money to play and with toys, but again, there you go. Uh, we like Hero. Is, I'm and right there kind of, with him. Yeah, and so it is that more realistic take that everybody like, can sit there. You want to go do some there. shady shit? You got money and, and toys. That's the thing. The Damn shady right. shit is, but the idea of you know people do things for toys and money. That, that's well, you. that's the thing is like the idea of hero going and working in society. Yeah, that's weird. Like, why would you do this, hero? Well, you know, I kind of do this kind of stuff, but also we're trying to be the good guys here as well and get money. And hero, you know, you have him who was kind of have a connection with Dinah and stuff like that. That he might even be like one like. I know that I'm going to make sure they don't do anything bad. Let, let's go along with this, but let's watch out. And I, I like it. I actually like it. And it starts to make things like this issue. Now, next seems like you're going to get to a story. Now it's been too long in this book to just go ride unicorns and things like that. It was almost like this book again, like we said about flash and the eclipses, it had to meander a bit to get things caught up and whatever, get a, a footing and go. And now this feels like it. When you see the society deal, this is the biggest thing that's happened in the book. Libra was pretty big, too. But Libra, like, you know, Libra before what led to the secret society. Exactly. Yeah, so that uh, it's really it's cool. That there's the progression. And it, it is getting bigger. It's it's just, hopefully it doesn't lead to final crisis. Yeah, and I hope that, yeah, and I hope that also it gets to issues that all of the issue means something. Not, you know, we're going to go off and write, you know, like we keep saying, you know, but that was ridiculous. Or even, you know, up in space. and it, Nothing really was playing out very well in this. Felt very scattered. But here we go. It looks like we have, you know, something going forward. What would you give it? 
I would end up giving this a 6.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm a 7.5. I ended up, when we first started, I was like, I might be able to give this an 8. Nah, I can't. The thing is, I like where it's going and the stuff is driving with the Secret Society, but the majority of the issue to get to that point was all nonsense. I'll even go, you tried to convince me of something of that test, and I'm like, "Eh, maybe he's on to something. I'll just go with that. But yeah, 7.5 for me uh, with that. I, I do like the art. I know that it's not. Always okay. a style. It's pale pantalina, but it does even look a little Howard Porter-esque. But it you're does. Not, you're not a big fan. So uh, I understand. But yeah, I kind of dig it. But uh, I'm done with the medieval motif. He's got to stop that. That's kind of silly. But with all of that, we will go off to something else, Eric. He got his first real comic. Got it at a five and nine. Read it to his fingers plan Been reading comics most of his life Him and some guys from school They had a book and they tried real hard Jake quit, Knuckles got married Yannis was never gonna get far When he looks back now Did he have a father ever? Uh, yes, Eric, as I always say, solid continuity right there. And Terrible. with that, does does that knowledge, does that knowledge of reading comics most of your life, does it help you in this section of the book? It helps books? me carry is, you. Is it going to help you, though, when we get to <laughs> no, Deep Target? Absolutely not. Is it? <laughs> it's it's going to help not... me get to Harley. Oh, my goodness. I, I heard that little diss there. Edit that out. Oh, so. my goodness. Lady Jessica. It is her birthday week, so it, it's going to be a bit of a, a section here. You know, I'm going to have a shout out to a, a little Jessica. I don't know what she'd say about that, Eric. That is inappropriate. Oh, my goodness that. gracious. Does she think I'm deaf, Eric? You hear me, Jim? Oh, maybe she does. See, I'm going to have a conversation with soundboard Jess. Thanks, Jess. But it is her birthday week, so a shout out to what people like to say, edit that out, girl. That is inappropriate, and I'm angry about that. We have two books here. Uh, one better than the next, Eric. And in the section here that I don't know, that Harley Quinn is one of those books that we we did enjoy. It actually shocked us how much we liked at the beginning. Not only liked it, but got over the fact since we don't like Riley Ros- Rossmo's art, it felt like his art actually fit the story that it was being told. So he won us over too. He did. Uh, he ended up having it kind of, you know, in a, in a pun intended, derailed, Eric, right? It derailed during the no. fear state. And it, it hasn't, in my mind, it hasn't recovered quite yet. The train didn't keep a rolling, Eric. You, you see That's my, all it's doing. My train of thought, Eric. Uh, I don't know. But this is Harley Quinn. The train is 11. on the rails, and it is indeed keeping it rolling. That is rolling, but it's not rolling. The story to me, we kind of lost track of everything. It's uh, This keepsake stuff has to end. It just, you got to get rid of that. But you do have some okay things. Riley Rossmo back, and it is a bit of a kind of like shock to the system when he returns, but we'll get into that because this is Harley Quinn. Number 11, written by Stephanie Phillips, art by Riley Rossmo, Ivan Placencia, and D. Ron Bennett. And so you jump into this, and like I said, I, I kind of need to get rid of this nonsense of keepsake. It's not really hitting with me. I do like some of the stuff that Harley is able to do, you know, trying to help some former jokers and therapy. some former people, but I'll tell you, the therapy Former part of jokers, this. and it's weird, too, because I didn't get any of the idea that, you know, the people that Keepsake was using this is 
crime syndicate. I can only remember what they were called because it's nonsense. We're all former jokers who were then mind-controlled with the serum that Hugo Strange was making in the SAFE program to now to the point where they are now in Harley's therapy to try to get over not only being a joker previously, but what Keepsake did to them. Yeah, and so they're mad twice over. I'll tell you, I thought that some of this therapy stuff, it's more of a rah-rah session of, of Harley saying, listen, we got to get away from you being controlled and you got to take your own life back and, and, you know, stuff like that. We're victims, but we're together. We're going to rise above this. And it's nice enough. I just, the Riley Rossimo art kind of takes away from that. It's one of those things like when we have different arts or artists for flashbacks and things like that, and we say, oh, it makes sense or whatever. I don't know. The therapy stuff with crazy looking Harley and everybody, it just, it doesn't Wall play out. Hank. Yeah, it doesn't play out as well for well, me with emotions. The character Blaine, who's the big bodybuilder-looking woman that we had before, who was the Bane-like impersonator for Keepsake's crew, the idea that we have her with J's all over, like, tattooed, knowing that she was a former Joker, that makes sense. But when you got old man freaking Sinestro freaking mustard, uh, mustached Hank here, I'm like, were you a Joker, Hank? Because I don't know, like, I just thought these were people that he got off the streets that he just like, hey, you want to be a supervillain? Yeah, because Keepsake, he's one of these guys who, like, is play acting. And it felt like everybody else there was, too. Not being mind-controlled like being told now. Yeah, it's weird because some of the others don't really play off as former Jokers, but the way that they're kind of playing that, it makes it Because the way we would have that it way. is that in order for Keepsake to have these people, we need the mind-controlled juice that Hugo Strange was making out of the fear toxin at the SAFE program, but then it would have to be the reason that they were there is because they were rounded up Jokers like we saw happening. Yeah, and so with this, like, this issue I don't see that here No And I think the best part Is that therapy part But even then The therapy part itself It's not really doing Much more than we've Already seen This well, is just Kind of changing the deal. In a way that It's normal for her Outside of the super heroics In a way that she can Actually make a difference But it's the same thing That we had with Kevin Like I need a little more And plus this one And we say Stephanie Phillips Does a decent enough job We were liking it At the beginning especially But she tends to write hardly like really haphazard. Like each issue, you'll have a different feel. This one, really, in my mind, maybe it's just me, but it really played off like more of even Deadpool or even the cartoon, even more with more pop culture references and more things shoved in here. And but it's okay. It's well, just you mean again, we spent two pages talking about how cool T two was, but not as cool as Terminator yeah, that's One. That's what I'm saying. And how cool is Linda Hamilton and Sigourney Re- Weaver? Am I right? And yeah, and even then, that that's like this becomes, and it's fine, but it's like woman power all of a sudden, and then that's the pop culture references. It's almost like having you know, if we did a Pee Wee deal or something. Like I had the hey everybody before we start the word of the podcast is this. This seems like the theme of the podcast, then everything that ended up happening had to go back to that. With the, the T2 stuff was funny at first. Until she said the T1 was better, then I'm like, that's bullshit, Harley. I can't, I can't follow you anymore. That's something that you, if anybody's going to say that, it would be you, right? You know what I mean? Because you do love that franchise and the things, but T2 is better. But even so. I think it's like the idea of loving that franchise. And when I was like, no, well, maybe I just like T1 and T2 yeah, well, is what I like. To me, that's the franchise. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so. But it almost you felt a like lot of movies. It, I know it almost felt like explaining the joke. Then it, it went too far. It went too much into that. Even at the idea where you have a choice has to be made, right? And I, I really thought the play here was going to be like, okay, because what ends up happening after this whole deal? Harley goes after the therapy session, finds a note attached to two two chains, and sees that keepsake is kidnapped Kevin, and goes and finds out that she has to make a choice. And she goes through the this whole choice. deal. And so 
it's also like something where she starts to explain it, you know, the can't choice and all that. And I went at the end like the manual can't. Yeah, I thought at the, the end problem. it was going to be the idea of no, no, no. I was just thinking of Sophie's Choice, the movie, like because they're going with movie well, things. Weird thing be a that joke. I think it's Stephanie Phillips is really trying to grab the idea that you have this multifaceted Harley Quinn, where you can deal with the psychology aspect of it, with dealing with therapy and stuff like that, with a group of people who actually need it. The insane pop culture referencing Harley as well has somebody you can actually understand keepsake nonsense of tying Kevin to a train track, and either Kevin dies or a block full of people die because of this thing. So the idea that she is pulling upon stuff that she would have learned in college and different things while also being the zany Harley. I think we're just trying to explore that aspect more than once. So like, you know, one facet. It ends up way over the top of explanations and way too many uh, pages and panels spent with this explanation. Especially Manuel Kent, that, that thing goes on forever. And then it never really plays out as anything. Like you said, to me, that means it's forced. It doesn't really tie into anything. It doesn't really... Make anything better or worse or what? Well, she just says it to say it that well, she has a choice. Is, when you have it, you have the idea of the Emmanuel Kent, like, like Kent, like the idea that we're pulling upon philosophy here. What's Harley going to do as a hero? But ultimately, what you get is like a 1930s, like, you know, stellar 1920s silent movie with a freaking mustache twirling villain and keepsake now who has Kevin tied to train tracks. And then, like, I understand what you're trying to do, but the execution here is not great because even when you look at the situation, like, all right, I'm at a train station 250 miles outside of Gotham. You need to get here to get Kevin. I'm like, how long did it take her to get there? Because even at the point where Blaine later on goes back because she forgot her phone at the therapy hall and then sees the note that Keepsake left, and she hates Keepsake. She's going to go to Kevin and Holly's aid. You still have a long-ass drive ahead of you. Yeah, the train is a, is a rolling at this point in time, but like, you don't, how are you going to know where this is? And the train track from like where they are at station to Gotham station, but like, the idea that you want to play into a fundamental game like a train leaves a station at 80 miles per hour, 250 miles, like you're playing that mathematical you equation. You are playing the math game to just have Harley so just say. Also, and then Harley, I hate the math. That's all that is. And again, just to go with that execution with the Emmanuel Kent thing, that is not something that Harley is. She's smart. I mean, she is. I mean, you talk to Tom King. She's a neurologist. We're crying out loud. A brain surgeon, Eric. But when you end up going here, the idea of her knowing the Emmanuel Kent, you know, the hero straight the back and forth with that, it doesn't really solve the problem that's going on. It's just there to show that Stephanie Phillips, hey, I want to show you. So it, it didn't feel right. And I thought there was going to be a joke at the end because of the idea where she pretty much stops and expositions about this for way too long to really do nothing. And again, the T2 stuff is is to explain too. Now, well, not only to explain too, because the idea that we have is like this conversation going on about T2, because on top of having all these people that were brainwashed previously to be knockoff villains for Keepsake's army, now that, that what he's gotten is magistrate knockoffs who aren't like, you know, weren't used anymore in the cybers, the robot army that like Sam and Satan had previously who are now not being used, so you put a jack-o'-lantern on their head and reprogram them somehow to become your robot army. And what you have, though, with the cybers, it just looks like the problem that we had throughout Fear State. Are, is our Bat family fighting robots or peacekeepers? And, like, you know, humans and peacekeepers just suits. went back and forth. And the thing is, right here, we're back to it because these are just peacekeeper outfits with jack-o'-lantern hands, but they're also robots. Yeah, and I, I will mention one thing that I think is solid, me just, you know, throwing it out there. There is no way that in the script it said anything, make the robots have jack-o'-lanterns. That had to have been Riley Rossum 100%. Because Harley does not make one quip 
about anything with jack-o'-lanterns or pumpkin heads. The pumpkin heads. And they, you definitely would have. I the mean, the idea, pumpkin heads. she is going on and on about everything. And robots then I'm like, vengeance. She's, there's robots with pumpkins. Why aren't you mentioning something? Why aren't you talking about the great movie Pumpkinhead? You're Eric? right. You should be talking about the idea where Harley thinks Pumpkinhead should be like in a Sleepy Hollow instead of the classic Pumpkinhead movie we have with the Vengeance, Demon or, of Vengeance. I mean, once she knocks off the the one head, I mean, there you go, headless horseman, but, but nothing. So that has to be a Riley Rossimo deal, and it it felt weird. It, it felt weird that these magistrate cybers like well, that's the thing is head. the idea of keepsake where he has all of these different things in his like you know arsenal that were from other villains of Batman and stuff like that because that's all the character is. So like you know, what can I take from this person and make it my own? The same thing with the knockoff armor that he had. It's his pseudo secret society or Legion of Doom. But they're just knockoff like parodies of the villains that are in Gotham. Here you have the magistrate cyber robots put a pumpkin on their head. I'm like, what? How does that go with the motif exactly for like the keepsake? That's what's weird. That's why I think that you ended up in. I really would have thought it'd be funny. You put with different helmets and things. Well, you got Mister Freeze's helmet on one. If and- you give the one like maybe you have keepsakes like hood and this glow up face or something like that to make that a keepsake freaking robot army. I don't know, but it's just pumpkin head. I'm telling you, I think that you're right on. Just you actually solved the riddle here. I think it was the idea that when Riley Rossum makes keepsake, he makes him look like a jack o' lantern. So he just pushes that on there. Is that one of the motif he's going for? He's like jack o' lantern. Well, when Marvel? you look at him there, he does look like he has that look like it's, you know, lit up. He's got, hey, buddy, you got the candle in there? Nice. So, so with this, though, I'll take it. I would have rather have had them dressed up as some classic robes, things like that. And then Harley could have played joke. off that. I know, but you also, that's his thing, though. I mean, stick with your brand here, buddy. No, his thing is sticking around too goddamn long. Well, that has become his thing. It's not my thing, but it is. So, yeah, you have all this going on. And the funny thing is what you say about that the train leaves the station 250 miles. Like, I'm not going to bother. Like, I, I'm with you, though. That's a long way away, whatnot. Okay, it is. But the problem with that is I'm not sitting there trying to do the math. It's nonsense math. It's in the comics. So, I'm not getting any idea what that really even means. Like you said, is there going to be Blaine who just shows up in two minutes? Is it going to take too long? How Harley does this? So I read just this in a comic. It just takes me back to school and you'd have those word problems about how the train leaves here from there at a certain amount of speed and stuff like that. And I go to what I did back then during the test. I'm skipping this problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. That's what I did. I'm with Harley. I'm like, I'm with you. And so that's the thing. Individually and just going with the stuff, some of the stuff Harley's saying and all, it's fun enough. Now, Stephanie Phillips does go heavy on the bleep, bleep, bleeps, right? And that kind Pretty of heavy. does get annoying. It, it does. If you, if you can't curse in the thing, then just come on. Well, at least have the same amount of freaking like wingdings that you yeah, need I'm to make up the you, word I, that I you're trying to, to tell stop, me. You know, doing this. And really, it comes oh, down to everything is the F bomb for me. I don't even change it, even if it doesn't make sense. I think I was going bitching this time. Yeah, I just, I know that bomb city for me, but. So you just keep doing that. But again, the, the the therapy, that's the best part in my mind, but it still is just the rah-rah speech and things like that. It's kind of, you know, a fan service deal. And I get you. I'm just sitting here like, where's Solomon Grundy? And that, yeah. yeah. And, and where is the idea of let's get Kevin off them tracks and let's get Solomon Grundy. Let's do something here. Let's get him back on the right track. It's weird. This book. Stephanie Phillips is trying to throw out that fan service bit, but it gets convoluted and confused because of the way you know, hardly is. It, it's very hard to do. But you said she's trying to show you the different facets. We're at issue 11. It, you got to start getting on. We're, we're done with Fear State. Get this keepsake the hell out. 
you know, and get to something here. Again, we, we say this, we're out of fear state, let's move on, but we're still with Keepsake. Keepsake and even Hugo Strange was really the the weakest of kind of connections of fear state there could have been to have it a tie-in comic to it. But it's funny now, it's like now doubling up with the magistrate robots and to just get the hell out of here, let's get this done with. And then, I mean, it goes from robots, T2, oh my god, now a giant robot. You know, the giant cybers. With the road pumpkin heads. That's all you do here. It's like, okay, now you have, you know, sharks, but now they have lasers. You know what? Maybe Simon Satan would have won the day and taken over Gotham if he just would have pulled out this big honking robot that the freaking Damn keeps right. Look at the that end. thing. That thing's crazy. And Harley bashing it with the bat and say it's, it's like it's an Ed 209 of freaking, you know, cybers. And even in the beginning, she even goes a little Robocop. So it even is playing with your deal as well. Just just the it's love of robots. Much. Yeah, yeah, the love and fear. By the end, you're like, okay, let's do something here because we really end up setting up, okay, save Kevin, but now you're meandering. Now you're going, finally, okay, I'm going to have to choose. I guess I'm sorry, Kevin, I love you, but I can't blow up all of Gotham and go. But we saw at the beginning, she's trying to stop things and whatnot. Yeah, she's already uncuffed from where she is at the end of this for a little cold open, like, which is in the future, jumping forward in time to go back in time to tell how the story starts out. She's already already underneath the train and going towards the bomb before we get to Kevin. So even when you start this, the idea of the trolley like problem that you have, you know that she's going to pick for Kevin because that's where we start the book out with, and we know that she's unshackled, like we see it, like she is shackled at the end here. So it seems like it's all going to work out, and we're just left with Keepsake twirling his fucking mustache as the train's about to hit the damn yeah, distress. Yeah, that's what it is, and then Blaine is the one who might be able to save because it ends up going to get her phone and just, sees just the deal. Just imagine that, like, oh my god, like Blaine goes to see her phone, sees the note, like. Fucking keepsake. <laughs> and then goes off. To, what do you do then? Because you don't uh, know the time for me to deal with. Because, again, Blaine, though, how long did she forget her phone? Because most people don't realize that shit within a half an hour. And, like, the time it would take for Harley to read that, get 250 miles away to start this adventure out, the train to start going, Blaine realizing this, the amount of time it would take Blaine to go, and then not even realize wait, did the train start or didn't? Do I just drive down the tracks and wait for a fucking train? And also, which side is it going to go? Because at one point, the train was going to be diverted from Gotham uh, Station or this other track with Kevin tied to it. So I'm like, if, it was, if I'm Blaine and I have a fucking vendetta, I'm still a goddamn idiot. And I'm not finding where this train is. Yeah, no, you're, you're in trouble. You'll listen for the explosion. I, I, I had the issue where I don't know why this was. It's stupid, but I don't like the idea that the bomb seems to have a timer and not something that would release when they get to one of the other places. And though when More I look at impact that nation, yeah, that's what I would think it would be. Now that's just a nitpick, but I do when I went back to look, it's it's a pumpkin faced bomb. Is this, this the Green Goblin shit now or Scarecrow? Is, is it the Scarecrow thing we're doing He's now? He's like rebranding. I'm telling you, I thought that he was just like all of it and whatever. Now it's all this pumpkin shit. Did you ever want Scarecrow, Jack O'Lantern, and the Green Goblin combined? Well, you got it in keepsake just without any of the fun. Ex- exactly. And and believe me, he's one bad dude because he likes to pumpkin. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. <laughs> I think I might be blocked and reborn. Right? No, no, nobody's down with that. I'm just, I'm, a, I'm reporting him. It's not me, right? So, but I yeah, but by the end, here's the thing. Some of the art I do like still. I think that Bradley Rossmo does a good job on this book. Yes, yeah, some I of it gets a little busy at points. I didn't like, like I said, I don't like when you're trying to do some emotional stuff. You get, you get a freaking close-up of a monstrosity you're trying to feel bad for. There is one time where Harley's laughing and looks like it's like, you know, witch hazel. She's missing teeth and stuff. with her jaw unhinged down freaking. I'm like, I don't, I don't even know what I'm looking at here. Quiet down, snake lady. Riley Rossimo only plays extreme emotions. These characters are going nuts constantly. 
Uh, but when you do have the, the battle with the robots and things, I'm like, I, I kind of like the way it looks. I kind of dig. It's fine. Just the premise is nonsense to have the fineness of the battle. I know. I just, I also, I just sit there and I'm like, I don't understand the pumpkin heads. And there's no mention of them. There hardly is mentioning every like, single thing she the sees. the gigantic motif that Stephanie Phillips has been putting down this entire time with Keepsake? Has it just gone over our heads? Maybe it has. Joke? Maybe we missed something, but I, it was never Happy like Halloween. <laughs> Never it's like January. That. Holy moly. That is also the thing that I keep thinking of. Like, what's going on here? It's not Halloween. And they're robots. You don't even need heads. And you got pumpkin heads? So weird. And they look like real pumpkins when it gets hit. I mean, what? what is it? You got a pumpkin patch? Well, I just imagine the thing is, you know, it's after Halloween. You got a discount on those pumpkins that were left over. Get that. And he's sitting there. Hey, Linus, move over. They're waiting for the great pumpkin. And he's like, I got to get this. Is that what we're calling that major cyber, the great pumpkin? That's the great pumpkin. I, I Again, though, there's the jokes that I was thinking. Linus is going to get screwed. He doesn't. She doesn't mention it. So it couldn't have been anything in the <laughs> script. It couldn't have been. Because she has read anything that she sees in this issue. Oh, I mean, hell, great pumpkin. See? That'd be great. Uh, but no. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's just the way that Keepsake's face is lit up. I think Riley Rossum was just like, mm, reminds me of That's one of those I'm weird going. things, too. If you go and go with that joke, if you're writing the comic and going with this whole thing, like you do the almost like the old school Marvel approach where it's all written down and then somebody comes in with the freaking dialogue and stuff like that. If I had this go thing and going with the great pumpkin dialogue, I would, instead of, instead of having the T2 conversation, I would just start asking this giant robot, do people still watch The Great Pumpkin in here? Do kids know what Peanuts and The Great oh, Pumpkin are? And here's the thing. Are it's, you relevant, giant robot? It's a robot, right? So when you do, it might Does be able to. So you're like, hey, no, no. it's <laughs> And you're like, holy crap. Spot on. Yes, this would be great. See there, we're having some fun with it. Uh, but overall, yeah, it's, it's a weird deal. Seriously, the progression from the beginning to the end. Nothing really happens except a lot of nonsense. And really, what I'm concerned with is Kevin. I don't think he'll die, but oh, no. I want to see him saved. He's obviously going to be saved in my he's mind. He's going to be upset, thing is, right? But maybe he's, not. No, I don't think he's going to be upset. I think he's going to be upset, but I think his girlfriend Sam is going to be the one who's upset. And like we already saw how standoff she was with Harley previously. Yeah, so that might be the setup. She put Kevin in this kind of danger. That's going to escalate something fierce. I think that you might be right there. Uh, and also, I think that you even kind of mentioned it, but we both, I think, get a kick out of the idea that it is the twirling mustache 1927 movie. Ah. It's great. It's great. That's fun. So I do like that. But what would you give this? At the end? But just imagine Keepsake showed up looking like abracadabra for this whole thing just because it's that scenario. The thing is, I, I don't usually like Riley Rossman's art, but like we talk about every time we talk about Harley and he's on the book, I like what his art does for this book. And I like the moments of Harley reaching beyond the, the, the nonsense of super heroics and you know, being a vigilante in the night and stuff like that and doing what she's good at and actually doing psychology with people who actually could and will use her help and stuff like that with situation. So I like all the therapy stuff. It's just the entire situation that we're dealing with with Keepsake. who's a nonsense villain and how, like, you know, his plan, I, I don't like it all, but a 5.5 out of 10. Yeah, I think I'm going to go 5.5 as well. Uh, on, on a different day where I was a little more positive, maybe, Eric, I might be able to give it a 6, but 5.5. We're moving on to the next book, though, and boy, the, what we just went through might have Best been issue in the, in the series. Right? So, Best oh, issue in the I series. It. I don't know what you're talking about. I can't stand this all book. Right, well, the thing is, you can't stand this book. But what is the best issue in the series? Yeah, the best issue, and I'll reveal, I uh, my score is still as low as all the others. But we're talking about Aquaman, Green Arrow, Deep Target, number Deep Target. four. And I would sounds like a Seagal movie. I would say maybe the first issue might be the best, just because we were a little bit, you know, intrigued with what the mystery might have been. Now that we kind of know, but don't know, 
It's nonsense. You get dinosaur people at the end, Jim. I'm gonna, I'm gonna slice somebody, and that's it's almost like the hey, if you want to live, come with me as well. So we'll go to the T2 stuff. But it was like, it's like it's the end of Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes where, like, you know, Marky Mark goes back to his, his own time, but freaking the, the the apes have taken over that whole thing for some reason. It never made Actually, any sense. Yeah. There you go. I think that that might be the place written by Brandon Thomas. I've written in quotes. Uh, it's General by, Ursa, but I'm not sure if that's how they did it in the remake Roman for that monkey. Cliquette, Ulysses, Ariola, and Josh Reed on art. And yeah, this book is complete and utter nonsense, and it has been. I love the idea that, and people seem to be going with it, the idea at the one point, man, that's been a day, and it might be that brand, like, this is a hell of a day that went on with everything going on. I assume that that was just the saying, but it seems like most people, and Brandon Thomas are saying that it did end up going from jumping on an airplane, crashing island, take off to the moon, end up getting well, yeah, up. they were teleported That's to a hot that- day. That is a hot day. I can see it. Now, if they were teleported, then why aren't you going to the hell of the teleporter and not getting in the rocket from 1930? I, you know, well, now thing- you got to find the teleporter. You got to figure out how to use the teleporter. You got to figure program so the, the teleporter. Better? Well, at least Aquaman seems to know how to use a fucking rocket. Yeah, out of nowhere. You know, Arthur can totally use a rocket. So the, the whole deal with this, but again, they're switching the rule with man. They don't know what's going on. Well, that's the thing is the idea that they both have like shared memories, but to some degree, it seems more than less, or they're forgetting their previous lives that they should know. It seems weird at times. Uh, I know. The thing is, I, I still think this might be the best issue in the series. There's a lot of problems with this book because even when we, you know, we pick up where we left off in the previous issue where our heroes realize they're on a moon fucking base with a, like a dome around it. And there you have Arthur and the, you know, Green Arrow's persona kind of thing. And he punches the freaking wall. No. And then, you know, Aquaman Oliver grabs a hold of him and you have Aquaman say, say to him, let us go. I'm like, Motherfucker, you got a symbiote? What do you mean, us? I know. Yeah. <laughs> and I just like, you and you go. The weird part about it is, what, why, what is he doing punching that? I'm going to punch this. So he's guy. got the rage. He's, he's rage punching. He's all like, man, I was of I was of two worlds once. Now I was a rich playboy who spent time on an island. I am pissed. I am mad. So you end up where the big thing, we got to get out of here. Come on. We're sitting ducks. Oh, no, I've been shot. Hey, oh, no. let's go. Luckily, like everything that seems to happen, it happens to Ollie, who's now powered up. So he oh, can yeah, go no, and like stuff. Ollie so- as, the, as the Aquaman, he's taking all the bunt right now because he has the he has the superhuman powers. He's got the invulnerability that Aquaman had. So he's become a human shield for for Arthur, who's a, is the Green Arrow of this weird timeline that we're dealing with. But he doesn't really know how to be super heroic. It seems until he needs to. Like it doesn't like. Let us go. It is funny. Like you it's said, weird. the weird thing about it is I thought I think that the art got a little mixed up. I thought it might have been. Come on, let us go to that place over there. But look, I was trying to make it make sense. But it's I, weird. I don't know. It's weird. Maybe yes, of a symbiote. But again, here's the play in here. There's never once do you get a thing. You get a little wonkiness, but it's not played out. Where are we going to get that? Oh, my God, I'm starting to remember. You know, it's Oliver. He says, I'm starting to remember my stop remembering Green Arrow. I'm becoming like the tension of doing something. They're just running around. I mean, they're running around and like, I remember both. You already said they remember both. It's real wonky. But you end up where they have to go. And some of the progression is ridiculous. Go, go, get to the rover. I can still see Oliver. I'm like, what are you talking about? Get running. Get well, not going. only that, but we have to get to a rocket, to an escape pod to get off this moon base right now. And like, while we're going to take out some guards to figure out where this is, Arthur, who's Green Arrow, he's like, 
shit, boy, I got to get to the armory because now he has to go and make sure that he has a weapon because he is the green arrow and doesn't have superpowers. So he's going off to go find weapons where they just happen to have a quiver full of green arrows inside there, which is kind of fucking weird. But it just seems weird that we're pretty much creating page space because our two heroes have to split up for absolutely no, no reason, reason whatsoever. And it just seems like a silly situation to have, especially Dr. Dinosaur, the, the leader of Scorpio that we have here. He's all like, well, shit, you know what? We can't take these guys out. They got friends. They're going to find out about us. We got to go and do the tabula, tabula rasa protocol, which the idea of going back to basics where you that's don't have clean any slate. Like, that's, clean slate, yeah, exactly. But is. I don't know what that means and what we're doing with the Scorpio well, situation with the timelines. And it changes the stuff because then that one guy is like, oh my God, I'm going to miss you, Dr. Like, that's the thing is like, I hope I remember you. Yeah, what, what do you get that? What, what are we getting from that? But I'm trying to understand the idea of this because we the have resetting. to do the tabula. I know the reset, but we're, we're doing the tabula rasa protocol because Green Arrow and Aquaman, they're going to get out of here. They got friends. The Jesse's going to come. And everything that Scorpio is is going to be taken away from us. Well, we better take it away from ourselves. Yeah, but let's reset what? it. And we don't know what it is. Plus the idea. I mean, I'm telling you, this is the, well, go hockey, right? We're there. And. The game isn't over here, you know, Anderton. The, the idea of this is like the first period, we're down 2-1. Looks like we're going to have to give up, guys. Hit the tabula rasa. They can still stop them. They so haven't what the thing left is, instead yet. Of, instead of watching like hockey, you should have been watching Rocky, where Stallone said, I ain't hear no bell. Exactly. Because wh- what they do is they say, hey, oh, my God, there they go. They're going down that hallway. Should we alert our guards to go no, get them? It's no. All over. And he goes, No, let them, I think meaning Oliver and Arthur, let them find their own way. Yeah. Tabula Raza. What? Yeah, you you Raza, can bitch. stop them. You know, there's only I'm a couple dinosaur. things. They're trying to get off the base into Earth. There's probably only a couple options a teleporter maybe, or, or a rocket. There you go. Stop it. I think that you can stop a rocket, things like that, with a. He just gives up. He's like, no, nope, done. Tabula Rasa. And like you said, the whole play is, ooh, we don't want to be taken down. So let's do this. But we, we're probably going to get taken down. Let's take ourselves down first. It makes no sense. But for no real reason, because everybody's sad about going, oh, shucks. Here's the sense as well no more in Scorpio. this. This is why I hate this book. But you end up, hey, the, the moon rover. I can see. They run over and then they throw it. It, it, uh, what did it mean? Getting up throwing it know. at somebody. And then they go off. And yeah, Anderton and that poor guy there. Are we supposed to see, like, is that the feels that we get with this guy? Okay, sir, but I hope I remember you. You'll always be remembered by all of us with your gigantic heart. Was that supposed man. to be a joke? Plus, in that, the, the best is, in my mind, hey, they're heading down the East Wing, sir. Should we deploy another squad to their location? No, allow them to find their own way. And is like, again, who is he meant? Because they do end up running into a squad behind that guy on yep. the monitor. So they end up fighting again. Well, that's just one of the things, like that room with all the stormtroopers that were just kind of hanging out in Star Wars. They weren't doing nothing. They just hanging out. The funniest thing is, I, I think that some of these progressions, I don't think Brandon Thomas gets the idea of progressing panel to panel, even when they go, hey, you know, we have to know where a rocket is. And, and by the way, we want to know where the armory is. And then boom. You end up having them at the armory. Right? I'm like, no, no, what just happened? One. But I'm saying, the, what, what, how? Oh, they must have told them, and then they probably said, 
it's such a weird progression to then just go guns, 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 arrow. We have to wait for Aquaman and the Green Arrow guys have to get back, you know, catch up with where Oliver is and find this rocket as well. Yeah, yeah. Then he has to do that. Plus, then he's going around shooting people with arrows, but they have armor on. It seems funny. But then he Green goes. Green arrows. No, then he, yeah, really, because, you know. Then he no. goes and they, they find the rocket. These guys are firing their lasers. It's so funny, too. When they're talking about finding an escape pod, never once did I think it was going to be a 1950s-style fucking rocket ship. It's like Flash Gordon. Yeah. So they go there. You have all these guys shooting at the rocket. I think there might be some way to just, like, go to a switch or a panel and disable it. Usually these things have some other type of deal. Even not, you end up, you're going to be in space, and you have, have Arthur Green Arrow then. He shoots an arrow into the rocket to swing over, and that bothered me for some reason. Then he kind of gets in easily, but they're firing at him. What bothered you more, that or all the guards actually shooting the cockpit lid that they have here, and then we make our way back to Earth and crash land in the ocean, the ocean breaks the cockpit. Also, they're firing at the cockpit, but yet Arthur has to get into the co- When did they stop? They stopped firing. What, they run out of lasers? Yeah, you run out of lasers sometimes. He ends up being able to get in there. They're not firing any. charge. Ah, oh, shit. They end up looking up at him, you know, swinging across, and just decide to stop firing completely because, you know, he could get hit, but he can't because that would kill him because he doesn't have powers now. They end up where then you get this idea of, oh, my God, I forget how to fly a rocket. I don't know what. Oh, you mean press the go rocket go button? All right, boom. And luckily you're here, you're smart. So then they get off of this moon base. And I'm thinking, okay, whatever. Let's just get back to it. Let's see what's going and on. What Let's see the mystery. And the then it gets part of this whole thing where we have them sit down in the rocket and talk to each I other about why Aquaman doesn't like not having his powers while Ollie doesn't like having his powers as well. Because it's his connection to his mother. I like that. And the idea of Green Arrow having powers, it really feels foreign and wrong to Ollie. And this is like, you know, we have to get back to our own bodies for different reasons. It almost feels like Oliver feels like he's going to like disrespect Arthur this entire time. And he's like, no, I get you, man. Don't worry about it. The reason I like my powers, like what's better? Like, man, I don't need these powers. I'm cool with that. But I do need these powers because I'm a mommy's boy. This ends up and this is full out. This reminds me so much again, you know, all roads lead to Tom King in, in my mind somehow. Yeah, yeah. This remember, this reminds me of that Wonder Woman and the deal with Wonder Woman and Batman in the gentleman deal and the super friends when they were fighting off the demons and they're doing this, they're going and all the things. You know what? I miss my kangaroo. Oh, you don't miss Steve Trevor, do you? And I miss my dog. Oh, you, you don't miss all your kids. Okay, we see how it is. What about Dinah? What about Mara? Well, this is in context to what they're actually talking about. Problem though. is, though, no, they say, you know what I miss? And I miss the pet, but still, they've never we've mentioned. Been de- we've been dealing with it this entire time, though, with the idea of the powers. He never, ever has said anything about Mara or Dinah because that throws the wrench in of maybe they were now and the other girls and stuff. So he completely ignores well, I, this. I don't think this has to do with any of it, just because the timeline isn't going on the way it would be in the normal Earth and stuff like that. But like they the remember idea of, their past life, so they yes, would remember what, them. Which, pa- which past life, though? Because this is a hyper-time continuity but that again, doesn't exist within our regular timeline. But again, they remember the deal, but we don't know. And that's well, I know the that thing, they you've think never that mentioned Arthur it. Is the, is the king of Atlantis in this, and it's on the freaking Pacific Ocean for whatever reason. Well, that's true, but then again, they go to Amnesty Bay, and that is in the Atlantic, so I think that he might trying to write some i don't know but it's just the idea where he's not giving us this broad scope of things where there are a lot of questions of what did that mean they have mara around is there this that and then you just out of nowhere i miss my mom 
because the powers reminded me of her and it made me strong. I think it's complete and utter horseshit and made me laugh. Like, really? That's what you miss just because of your powers? That's what makes you, oh, my God, because my mom struggled so much and I was born and got the powers. I, I thought it was ridiculous. I thought it was forced in there for no odd re- just to get some the deals. the only bit of emotion we've had this entire freaking series so far. I laughed at it. I-, I laughed as much at that as I did of that guy. I hope I remember you, dinosaur man. I'm like, really? You know what? Niles at the console might have had the most emotion. Ended up just blasting off from the moon. You're crashing down. You end up having the, I just miss my mom because the powers reminded me of her. Even at the jump through hoops. And he's like, oh, yeah, I don't like him because I, I was rich and now I got powers. It's too easy. All right, let's go. I, I'm telling you, I hated it. And then they crash land. And then you get wonkiness again. All of a sudden they crash land. The, the canopy, the, you know, the deal comes back, but yeah. We have a Kraken, giant squid monster grabbing it. We got piranhas. I'm like, well, what else can you throw at this? Even then, they get all of a sudden laser satellites are firing at them. They crash, and I just, I, I had enough. <laughs> just had enough. This See, is the, most- the idea. I was pissed off at first when we went down in the Atlantic Ocean, and there's giant freaking Kraken squid, then a school of like prehistoric piranha that you know oliver has to try to control with his newfound powers as being the aquaman but when we do get to land in amzy bay we realize that time has been fucked up from the tabula rasa protocols or whatever the fuck happened with dr dinosaur when the entire populace has become dinosaur people and there we are with dr dinosaur saying come with me if you want to live even the idea like these you know prehistoric piranha like you said they're going and uh, we we don't mean any harm. You're playing with that idea that they're wonky. They're not, they're not used to the powers and things like that. Well, I'm not even saying that. I took it more as Oliver didn't know how to use the powers. Well, that's what I'm saying. He kind of. But the weird thing is, is like that poor other fish, the the girl fish. They're like, oh, you kick away, get out of here, you. And then you go. But you have that weird deal where you have this play where Oliver ends up. You know, he ends up because he's Aquaman. He can breathe under. He takes and saves Arthur as Green Arrow. It's always wonky. But then you have like the water. In that, in Amnesty Bay, 40 miles, like, what is he laying on at that point there where it says, I've been carrying you for hours, you've been passed out. 40 miles later, it's just water everywhere. I guess he's still wet. The idea of this, how does this work when you hit the button? And it changed. Why aren't they changed then? Why aren't Oliver and Arthur changed? We don't know what the protocol is if they did something because, from what we said, the clean slate protocol should have just taken away everything. And in my mind, the way to talk about. You know, the clean slate idea, like for the, uh, let's just say we undo all the time bullshit we've done. But for me, it is almost, we're going to become clean slate people. And that's the whole thing. Like, is it a time thing? Is it a mind wipe thing? But it, whatever it is, like, it just kind of changed everything. And the idea that why are Oliver and, and, uh, and uh, Arthur like this, we don't really understand why they are like this to begin with, with who they are in this body swap situation. And he ended up grabbing them. He wanted to get regular fingers. That, that seemed to be like the big thing. Let's see He's why like, you. I got dinosaur and fingers. the thing is, he does say like, why when you guys kind of combine, why didn't you end up, you know, getting wonky and things like that? But then all of a sudden, now clean slate means that everybody's dinosaurs, but them. It just doesn't make sense. It's such a weird idea with the body switch scenario, though, dealing with time travel for how we're doing because the idea. You guys went through this together and you swapped lives. I'm like, I became Dr. Dinosaur, which it's just what we're calling him. Yeah, we call him. Do I I have to assume then that you've swapped lives where there's a fucking Tyrannosaurus (laughs) douchebag in the prehistoric times running around? That's what I think with a human head going, what the fuck happened around here? It's like the end of the original fly. Help me. Help me. I'm Anderton. What's going on? They're like, look at you with your human head, you jerk. Oh, my. But yeah, who knows? And then all of a sudden you get... 
you know, now we're in that, that show dinosaur. Now, also the idea of, oh, my God, they're going to go down and get the Justice League and then we're in trouble. I mean, they still could, you know, is it like Batman's a dinosaur now, Superman? Like, I, I want to see them all this. end up and go to do that and still bring them down, but as dinosaurs. I, I don't know. Well, it goes back to, like, the jail apes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the deal is. And so, and, and so with that, then, the idea where I said you're not bringing up you know, other things. Oh my God, I miss Mara. If we get the timeline back, I remember Mara, but, you know, we'll fix this and dine and all that. No time for love, Dr. Jones. You have this here, though, as the dinosaur deal. I know that you don't want to live in a dinosaur world, but no. But that's the only kind of at stake I saw thing. that show. They had the same problems that I did. I know, but even with that, yeah, they were like real people. It was like <laughs> the honeymoon. Sarah. You end up where there's not like that thing. Yeah. The idea now is the only thing you have is, oh, man, we got to get those powers back so that, you know, Arthur can remember how his mom was. There's well, not really any know. stakes here. Now it's just, I don't want to live with dinosaurs and they're after me. I, I, I think mean, the stakes really is, you know, I, I, not that I want to have my powers back, but I want to have my entire life back. Yeah, but even then, it's like, what is that like? Because I wish we knew what was really at, like, if you had some other connections, I know that we're just playing. If the idea was that we swap bodies, I wouldn't be sitting there just because I'm mad I'm not tall anymore. I want my life back. You know, and I'd be like, well, I have five kids, and I'm, yeah, I kind of like being tall. Give my life back. I would be, I'd be the piece of shit, Oliver, is like, I kind of like these powers. I mean, it's easier, I can relax a little, and, but even then, you never played off the idea. That would be more of a Superman-Batman thing, the idea that Batman might, I don't know that I'd thought the idea of Oliver saying that I thought it was a little forced but with all of that though it's dinosaur world and they got a dinosaur it's a Jurassic Park Jim or is it a Jurassic world oh your universe and Anderton slash Dr. Dinosaur that we call him seems to be the key now to team up with them and see how that's gonna go the team up you never thought you wanted yeah, yeah I still didn't. don't yeah, and it's three more issues and it really feels like it was an <laughs> ultimate issue it feels like it should have never happened. I mean, this is nonsense, and it's not selling well. But that's beside the point. It's just we don't well, have the whole idea. We don't I have, have a this struggle Aquaman every issue book, to talk about it because this. I don't know how to talk about Arthur and Oliver and their, I know, the, it's the, their so respective bodies. Yeah, it's so convoluted, and the play is. Maybe that's you know, see, it's no, no. It seems like a clever play at the beginning. Listen, they do look alike. I mean, yeah. you're waiting for Steve Trevor to just walk by and go, hey, dudes, because he looks just like him, too. But you fucking Steve Trevor, Barry Allen with a beard, Constantine with a beard, whatever. Yeah, exactly. So when you, you think of that, that's that's clever in the mind, right, of the mind, Eric. But when you put it on paper and have it, it gets so damn confusing, even trying to talk about it. But we're not even trying to talk about it. the idea. Like, I hated the last issue with that weird, you know dual perspective that we had going back and forth between Oliver and Arthur, but even when I'm just reading this point and we don't have a goofy gimmick to go along with it, I forget who the fuck I'm looking at half time, and I swear that they had to put that line over freaking Arthur's nose where he was, you know, he was hit a little bit there, just to distinguish their I mean, faces look at a little the bit end more. When they're looking at, you know, the bow shooting Anderton, they both are looking, it's like, what is this? You know, Freaky Friday? I, not even that, it's like family trap, parent trap or whatever that is. Family trap. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. They're, they're twins, is what I'm saying. 
Oh my goodness, Eric, it's driving me nuts. Movies. Yes, they're hard. Uh, what do you give this? I like I said before, this is the best issue in the series so far in my mind. With a little bit of heart, How maybe it was somewhere you? fun to go with a you know a Jurassic World situation going forward, and hopefully something that makes sense. But a six out of ten. Yeah, I'm a three out of ten, and I I thought oh, it the was art looks great garbage. too. The art for me is like a four point five, and and it's an overall three. That tells you this is a negative story. This is bullshit. And it angers me every time I read this and realize we don't have an Aquaman book for people or a Green Arrow book. Yeah, I just think it's nonsense. But that's that. So, hey, everybody, thanks a lot for listening. And, uh, yeah, this is the, I guess it's still the Thank God It's Friday Listen show. Now. I'm, I'm going to declare it right you. now, Eric, that it is. So happy birthday to Lady Jessica. As this comes out, it will be her birthday. Uh, you will probably be right now. Is this one person in Nebraska is listening? You are right now at the Red Lobster, Eric. You're, you're eating it up. I don't know why you think I've been at the Red Lobster. I haven't been there in years. I don't know. You're probably there and making sweet love, Eric. That's so the Red Lobster. Yeah, at the Red Lobster. You got to put khakis on there. Be fancy. Yeah, at least you like this better than I did because I think it is hooey. Uh, but yeah, so with all of that, thanks, everybody. Go over to our Twitter at Weird Science DC. Also, check out our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. Go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science. Get a bunch of things, including this week's a spotlight episode. And then go to our, what is it called? The Instagram, Eric, yeah, at weird science comic. And all these will be in the show notes. So check those out. Thanks, everybody. What do we say at the end of this one? Thank God it's Friday, obviously. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.